From the American Academy of Dermatology, welcome to Dialogues in Dermatology. I'm Dr. Ben Stoff, Editor-in-Chief. Thanks for tuning in. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Dialogues in Dermatology podcast. My name is Flavia Fidelis. I'm an instructor in dermatology at Harvard Medical School, dermatologist at Massachusetts General Hospital in Boston. Today, I have the privilege of, of welcoming Dr. Aaron Drucker to the podcast. Dr. Drucker is a dermatologist at Women's College Hospital in Toronto, a scientist at the Women's College Research Institute, assistant professor in the Division of Dermatology at University of Toronto. And his research focuses on the epidemiology and evidence-based treatment of skin diseases using network meta-analysis and health administrative data. And today we will be talking about his research in a recent article published in the Journal of the American Academy of Dermatology, which looks at a comparison of family physician and dermatologist topical corticosteroid prescriptions. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us today, Dr. Drucker. So I was thinking we can just start by talking about why is this an important topic or what prompted your interest in this particular research topic, comparing the family physician and dermatology prescription habits. Well, thank you so much for having me on to talk about this paper. We wanted to look at this topic for a few reasons. I think, first of all, topical steroids are just so ubiquitous. Of course, as dermatologists, we use them all the time, but it's not just us. It's general practitioners, it's pediatricians, other medical specialists, these are among the most commonly used medications worldwide, and they're probably understudied because they've been around for so long. We just don't think about them too much, and we don't do a lot of research on them, but there are still a lot of important questions out there. And for this specific study, the genesis of it was, I think, a sort of stereotypical clinical scenario that a lot of dermatologists will probably relate to, which is we'll be seeing a patient with widespread rash in our clinic. They have been seeing their general practitioner, family doctor, internist, and uh, they've been treated with a topical steroid appropriately, whether it's for eczema, psoriasis, whatever else, but they get out the tube to show you what they've been using. And it's this tiny little tube for a widespread eruption, you know, really clearly not enough volume. And of course, that's, that, that's an exaggeration. That's not most people who are being managed in family practice or primary care. But I think most of us have probably seen something like that in our clinic. And so I wanted to look at that issue systematically. How much are family doctors, when they're giving the right treatment, they're giving a topical steroid appropriately, how much are they giving in relation to what we might give as a dermatologist, what we consider to be an appropriate amount to cover an appropriate body surface area? That's great. That's so true that that comes up a lot in clinical practice. And I think it is sometimes frustrating to see that perhaps the patients are not receiving adequate amounts of the corticosteroid, which is the right treatment in for a lot of inflammatory skin conditions. Tell me a little bit about the methodology, because I think this is very interesting. It's very nice to look at a big population and Tell me a little bit about the database and some of the, maybe some of the variables that or factors, how is that addressed, the variables that may have affected the skin disease or the prescribing patterns for the physicians and that could have perhaps impacted the prescription habits? Sure. So we use data from our population-based administrative health data in Ontario. So in Ontario, we have a universal payer for all our physician visits, surgeries, those 
sorts of things, hospitalizations. Medications aren't covered universally, but people who are covered by any kind of government plan, which is uh, people who are over the age of 65, children, and people who are on social assistance for whatever reason, we have data for all their covered prescriptions. And so it's not the entire population of Ontario, but it's you know a large proportion of it, and especially you know big proportions of older people and younger people. And what we wanted to do within that data set was to find people who saw a dermatologist and were prescribed a topical steroid. So a dermatologist decided that this person, for whatever reason, needed a topical steroid for whatever the condition was, eczema, psoriasis, any other kind of inflammatory skin condition. And in some sort of reasonable proximity before seeing that dermatologist, Mm -hmm. they saw a family doctor who had also prescribed them a topical steroid. And another important thing to understand about the Ontario healthcare system is that you can't see a specialist without a referral Mm -hmm. from a family doctor first. So anyone who's seen a dermatologist and gotten a topical steroid prescription probably ended up there after having a referral from their family doctor. So what we did was we pulled out of this population-based administrative health data, people who had seen a dermatologist, gotten a topical steroid prescription, and in the year prior to that, had seen a family doctor and gotten a topical steroid prescription from the family doctor. So we had in reasonably close proximity prescriptions for these patients from pairs of dermatologists and family doctors. Over that year, they might have seen multiple family doctors, had multiple prescriptions from different family doctors, multiple prescriptions from the same family doctor over time, but they all had at least that in common that they had seen a family doctor and a dermatologist and gotten a prescription for a topical steroid. We're also able to pull out data on who these dermatologists are, who these family doctors are, their age, their sex, how long they've been in practice, where they're working for the patients, where they live, what conditions they have. So we're able to know a little bit about these people and their prescribers. Great. And were there any challenges as far as this particular research approach? Were there any challenges and how did you address those? Because I think it's a little difficult sometimes with the administrative data to kind of tease out some data points, depend also past medical histories and things like that. Well, there are certain things that we absolutely, you know, couldn't do that well. So in our administrative health data, we can't really do a good job of saying who has eczema, atopic dermatitis specifically, even for something like psoriasis, where we can know with some reasonable accuracy who has psoriasis. It's still not great. And then certainly for any other, you know, a lot of other random conditions that are treated with topical steroids, we don't really know what they were being treated for. And we can't really know was the prescription that someone got from their family doctor four months ago, was that really being given for the exact same thing as what the dermatologist was prescribing for? So I think those were some major limitations. Another Mm -hmm. issue that we were acutely aware of throughout the whole process was that we're kind of biased against family doctors in this approach. Everyone in our study is seeing a, a dermatologist, meaning that their family doctor thought for whatever reason, or another doctor thought for whatever reason, they needed to see a specialist. So these are maybe some of the tougher cases. They don't include people who were only seen in family practice and managed successfully in family practice. So I was very aware that we didn't want to set up this study that was just made to, you know, quote unquote, make family doctors look bad. You know, that's really not what we were trying to do here. (laughs) So we were sure to include family doctors as part of our research team so that they could tell us, you know, where we were maybe overstepping and so that we were careful not to do that. 
Mm-hmm. Great. So thank you for clarifying that. So now your results show that the amounts prescribed by dermatologists were significantly larger than that of the family physician. Can you talk a little bit about that and maybe possible reasons and, and some of your other findings? Sure. Well, our hypothesis was that dermatologists were going to prescribe more topical steroid on an individual prescription than family doctors. Um, you know, we, I started off with that uh, with that vignette of the patient who comes in with a small tube for something that needs a big tub of topical steroid. And so based on that clinical experience, we hypothesized that dermatologists were going to give more. And, th- and that's what we saw when we looked at the most recent prescription from the family doctor, we saw that the dermatologist gave more when we looked back over a full year and picked out the largest volume prescription that the family doctor had given the dermatologist still prescribed more. One really interesting finding is that when you look back over the full year and you add up the family doctor's prescriptions, they total to be much more than the dermatologist individual prescriptions. So it's not like the family doctors were not giving lots of steroid over time just that on individual prescriptions, the amounts were limited and and that fit with our hypothesis. So what we think, you know, may be happening is that dermatologists were very comfortable with dispensing these things. We don't worry too much about the adverse effects of topical Mm -hmm. steroids. We're comfortable prescribing larger amounts, giving appropriate instructions on how to use them. Family doctors, because they don't have the same training as us, they don't see the same number of patients with skin disease as we do, at least proportionally to their practice, they're maybe not as comfortable with those larger amounts. And so we're giving smaller amounts on individual prescriptions. Got it. Was there anything else surprising? I think one thing I saw is that I think there was a difference between female physicians versus male physicians, perhaps prescribing either different amounts or maybe higher strength topical steroids. Can you comment on that? Yeah, we looked at a variety of different patient and physician Mm -hmm. factors that might be associated with the amount prescribed. You know, there's a a whole body of literature on sex differences for physicians and and how male physicians might manage things differently than females or men might manage things differently than women. We couldn't really come up with a great explanation for the findings that we found, and they weren't consistent across the different outcomes that we looked at. So I think we're careful not to really make too much of them. I think, you know, if we had seen a consistent pattern where women physicians did things differently than men, I think we would have tried to explain that better. But I think that wasn't something that we put too much stock into because it wasn't consistent. I think one of the findings that I was surprised by was that in addition to the amount of topical steroids that were prescribed, we also looked at the potency of topical steroids that were prescribed. Mm -hmm. And we expected to find that dermatologists for, again, for the same patient coming in around the same time to dermatologists and family doctors, we expected that dermatologists would prescribe higher potency topical steroids. Again, because of comfort level, also because, you know, it's already baked in. These family doctors have already seen these people and now they're coming to see the specialist a few months later. If whatever the family doctor had given them wasn't working, you'd step up to a higher potency. And we actually didn't see that. You know, there was a a statistically significant difference in the potency of topical steroids prescribed that dermatologists prescribed a slightly higher potency, but the the absolute difference was so small, less than a uh, one point difference on standard potency scales. So really the family doctors were prescribing essentially the same thing as dermatologists in terms of the potency of topical steroids, just not the same amount. Got it. Interesting. And is there any concern for availability of certain strength of topical steroids? I don't know. I feel like in US, sometimes we do worry about probably not an issue in this population, but insurance coverage of certain you know, higher versus lower strength topical steroids. So they're pretty much equally available or equally prescribed. 
Yes, and, and, and this this entire population were all covered by the public payer. So everyone was on the same insurance plan. And I know there are some topical steroid formulations that aren't covered so well. Let's say, you know, a new formulation of, you know, some really nice lotion vehicle for a particular steroid might not be covered, but we're able to prescribe everything from a hydrocortisone all the way up to a clobetazole and have that covered by the public plans. Okay, great. Thank you for clarifying that. So these findings are, again, I guess, supporting your hypothesis. So do you think that this is going to impact any guidelines for prescribing topical steroids or perhaps any future policies when it comes to common conditions like atopic dermatitis? I think what we're hoping is that we can promote awareness of this specific issue that it, you know, it's not enough to prescribe the right treatment. In other words, a topical steroid at an appropriate potency, it's also important to give patients enough of a topical steroid so that they have enough to treat their body surface area. If it's a chronic condition, they have enough to treat that over time. That's important because, you know, first of all, if they run out, then they're not going to have enough and their, their chronic condition may go untreated. But also if they have this widespread condition and they're given a small tube, they may think they need to use that treatment really sparingly to preserve the small amount that they have, and they may end up under treating. So I think what we're hoping to do is to promote awareness of that issue, to encourage family doctors to perhaps give somewhat more on individual prescriptions when they think it might be appropriate. Mm -hmm. Great. And do you have any plans to expand the research to maybe other parts of Canada, we're looking at other databases, just to make it more generalizable, I guess. We don't have any specific plan. It's always great to replicate research in different settings. And right. certainly we could do the same thing, let's say in British Columbia data as well. I think really the next steps are related to implementation. And you know, one of my colleagues on, on the paper, his name is Noah Ivers, and he's an implementation scientist. And it would be great to chat with him about how can we get this message across to family doctors that maybe giving, you know, giving a larger amount might be something that helps patients. I think one thing that uh, is going to be important to establish maybe before we get that kind of uptake is, does it make a difference? You know, mm -hmm. we, right. we're sort of assuming that, you know, this the smaller, right. relatively smaller amount from the family doctor was, you know, not enough, so to speak, and that what was being right. given by the dermatologist was the right amount. But we don't actually know that from this data source. So I think, you know, some sort of qualitative research or research that has more granular detail on a specific patient's skin disease and how it does over time with varying amounts uh, being prescribed from family doctors and dermatologists and whether prescribing larger amounts from family doctors actually impacts patient outcomes is going right. to be important if we're going to get that kind of buy-in. Right. Great point. Yes, the clinical outcomes, very important to kind of actually prove, well, at least show that the bigger amounts are actually beneficial or change the quality of life or the disease. Great. So I think we're kind of getting towards the end here. So you made a number of very good points. Can you maybe give us a couple of take-home points just for the listeners, something that they can take out of this for the future? Sure. I think what we found in this study is what we expected based on clinical experience, which is that family doctors often prescribe less topical steroid on an individual prescription than dermatologists do for the same patient. What we were surprised by was that they were prescribing essentially the same potency of topical steroid to the same patient. And so when you take that together, if we assume that what the dermatologist gave uh, the patient was quote unquote, the right treatment, and of course, that's our bias as dermatologists, then the family doctors are also 
giving the right treatment and maybe a slight modification to their practice of giving a little bit more to help improve patient's adherence could potentially make a difference for patient outcomes. Great. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Dr. Drucker, for giving us these insights. And this is a very important topic, as you mentioned, the most commonly prescribed medication. So it's important that they get prescribed adequately. So I think we're right at the end. Thank you so much for joining us today on Dialogues in Dermatology. Again, in closing, this is Dr. Flavia Fidelis interviewing Dr. Aaron Drucker. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Thanks again for tuning in to another edition of Dialogues in Dermatology. For more dialogues, subscribe to us through the website of the American Academy of Dermatology, then link your subscription through your favorite podcast app. Remember, the subscription is free for residents. New podcasts are released each week in addition to free special bonus episodes. You can also listen to dialogues online through the AAD website. Thanks again for listening.